Hello, everybody. Welcome to our uh, monthly podcast. I am Daryl Missy, the Director of Children's Division. Uh, I am in my office today with uh, Terry Armistead, our, our Deputy Director, and we have Vicki Stoneberger with us, who is uh, our uh, adoption guru, And because we're going to be talking about adoption uh, today. Learn from her about adoption and uh, and we're excited to do that. Hi, Vicki. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, really, really glad to have you. So, Vicki, why don't we, and I'll let Terry talk to you, so why don't, why don't we talk about why, okay. why, why it's a big deal? Okay. Well, adoption really is my life. It's my family. That's how we grew our family. 25 years ago, um, we decided to, to begin the adoption process with my daughter and it was a very wonderful experience. We actually had a private adoption. It was two families meeting up through an attorney. And it really, from the moment that I met her and saw her, it just, I felt like her mom. And the experience we had with her birth mother was so great. She was very supportive. The biological father was very supportive, and it really just kind of came naturally. And I'm so glad we started out with that positive experience to, to con- have us continue to go. Then my husband and I became foster parents, and Katie was placed with us when she was four months old. And she was a, uh, a child that had some issues when she was born, and so in the beginning, it was very difficult, but we were strictly just fostering. We did uh, visits with her biological mother, and after two and a half years, they came to us and said, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to be safe or appropriate for her to, to go home. Would you guys be willing to adopt? And we're like, yes, I mean, <laughs> this is, uh, I think would be great. I can't see her anywhere else. And so we adopted her when she was three years old. And then about two and a half years later, we were still fostering, and we had kids come in, and we had kids leave and go home, and that was a really neat experience because I enjoyed seeing the kids and the families grow and um, be able to go home and be successful. And it was really cute that we actually were going to be done um, adopting. We were just going to continue to foster. And at that time, Jessica was like five or six, and we were saying prayers at night, and um, she was asking about the kids coming back, and, and I said, well, I, th- you know, I think we're going to kind of take a break a little bit from fostering, and she goes, well, what about kids staying longer? And I said, I don't know, you know, it just kind of, we'll play it by ear. So last the that night, her prayer was, dear God, pr- please bring us some kids we can keep and some we can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew at that point, we're like, well, if it happens, then okay. And then we got the phone call that Katie's biological mother had another child, and it was not looking like she was going to be able to uh, keep him at home. And so he came to live with us at two months old. And at the time, again, we thought it was going to go to straight adoption. But then all of a sudden, a biological father came into the picture. And just with the experience we had, we're like, okay, got to change gears. Um, You know, this is what fostering is about. And so we worked with the biological father for about two years, and that just didn't happen. And so at two years, they're like, well, are you going to, would you still like to adopt him? And I'm like, well, yes, of course. And so we have three wonderful kids. Jessica's 25, Katie's 21, and Jason's 18. And we've had the, the ups and downs, but 
my kids all love that they're adopted. We talk about it openly. Um, they think it's fun to, um, if they're with friends and tell a child that, you know, a friend that they're adopted, and they're like, oh, no, you're not adopted. I, every once in a while, get a phone call, would you tell so-and-so I'm adopted? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can just imagine what that conversation <laughs> is like. Yeah, she's adopted. And so the joke with our family at the time was, you know, people were like, oh, now you've adopted three kids. Now you're going to get pregnant and have a baby. I'm like, yeah, but that wouldn't be good because then we'd have to tell everybody, they're the biological kid, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, kind of the opposite. So, but uh, no, it's so our family's been very blessed with some great adoption experiences, and and that's where I'm just so passionate. I want to be able to um, bring families together with uh, for kids and other parents. Those are great stories, Vicky, and I could see it all over you as you were telling your story. Um, so I think we're going to do the whole gamut here. It sounds like private adoption through mm -hmm. foster care. Um, my story is a little bit um, similar, a little different. Um, in 2017, um, I have two biological children, and in 2017, um, uh, some distant relatives of ours came into foster care and needed a placement. So we had four additional children come live with us. They were six, seven, eight, and 11 at the time that they were placed with us. And then um, my kids were 13 and 16 at the time. Um, so we kind of spanned the whole school bracket, you know, every, um, every age range. Um, we worked uh, with their family, with my family members, their biological parents for just a small period of time and then they really decided that they didn't feel like they were going to be able to reunify with them and ask that we um, take guardianship of them. And so we did that within about six months of them entering foster care and um, during that period of time, we really hadn't talked about adoption. However, the kids really started talking about it. They, um, you know, continued to ask why their name was different and if they could be in Armstead as well. Oh, and so that's sweet. really when we started having some bigger conversations within our family about does it make sense for us to adopt and everybody in the family was on board. They felt like that was the best thing at, at the time and so in 2019 we adopted all four of them into our family and so um, at this time they are 11, 12, 13, 16 um, years of age and so we're hitting those fantastic teenage years right now, um, but they are thriving, doing very well. They also like to tell friends that they're adopted, and um, but at the same time, it, it's so cute because they're always saying things like, I think I must get this from you, and or, I look just like you, right? And so they really um, have bonded with us and connected, and um, we still have contact with, of course, um, their family members, their um, biological mom, and so um, it's worked out well. That's a sweet story, too. Well, they're terrific stories. I don't have any stories. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't have any stories about me because we've not, I've not adopted and I've not been adopted, but, I, but I, here's what I have done, hundreds of adoptions as a judge. And what I realized, I was at a CASA event in uh, Jefferson County this 
this this past week or last week and uh, the person who was introducing me said you know I walk down the hallway uh, and I see Judge Missy every single day because he's hanging on my wall the picture of when we did the adoption and it never occurred to me I am probably hanging on a lot of people's walls because every single adoption people were taking pictures and they'll send me uh, every once in a while they'll send they'll send it to me on Facebook and post it and say this was gotcha day and there and there it is so you know everybody who's involved in this process you know it's meaningful it is important uh, and life-changing for people to know that they're loved and have a place mm -hmm. so it's a wonderful thing and I just I thank both of you for doing it uh, I thank uh, all those people who uh, have been in my courtroom for doing it and I thank everybody in this agency for supporting it and for helping make it happen it's so wonderful uh, Terry uh, what, what do you think about this topic yeah, I think this is great leading up to our adoption month in November. And so, Vicki, we want to just kind of jump right in and talk about some of the things that are going on around the state and how people can get involved. Okay. Um, but first, I think if someone were looking to adopt a child, how would they even begin that process? Well, just to kind of start out, it really sometimes takes people several months or sometimes several years to really have that process going because it takes a lot to think about how are you going to bring your family together and there's a couple things that you want to think about first because there's several different types of adoptions there's adoption through the foster care system which we do all the time we have adoption of an infant or a very young child and that's usually done through a private agency and then there's international adoption where you can adopt from another country or even adoption between two families um, being coordinated by an attorney. So you might want to start there to kind of think about what type of adoption do I want to do. And then you're going to want to start kind of gathering as much information as you can to maybe decide what type of child would best uh, fit in your home or what kind of best child you can parent. So like starting out with what age, you know, do I want to adopt a child um, under the age of seven so you don't have to deal with potty training? Um, do you want to adopt a teenager because they never outgrow the need for a family? Or do I want to adopt an infant because you've pretty much slept through life so far or had enough sleep and you don't need any more? Uh, and then you also want to consider a sibling group. And this is an amazing way to uh, grow your family through adoption. It's kind of like having twins or triplets without the hectic midnight feedings or having to pay thousands of dollars in diapers. And it really is kind of an instant family at that time. Um, and then you also want to kind of consider a child um, an understanding that they've already been living a life. And so you want to think about how well you can incorporate their prior life into the new adventure that they're going to be starting. And some of these children, no matter how old they are, um, it, how you choose to adopt, they, you need to understand they come with a history. Some come with some challenges, and sometimes they come with people who will need to remain in their lives. So, Vicki, you're, you're talking about this, and there are a lot of decisions in there. Yes. I mean, there are a whole lot of different decisions, a, a, whole, a whole bunch of different factors and considerations that you've got to mull over. So how, how do you think people should do that? I mean, how do we decide that we want to uh, adopt from, from public or private or, or, or what age we're looking at or, or uh, how you know, how we want to approach it. How should we 
What should our process be in that? You're going to start by educating yourself. And there's several ways that you can do that. You're going to start reading um, about adoption. There's a lot of websites to go to, a lot of articles. You want to attend any seminars or trainings that are out in the community. You know, Children's Division, we sometimes have inter, inter, um, informational meetings where some of the local agencies where, you know, you're not signing up to do anything, but you just kind of come out and see what it's like. Some of the private adoptions will have some pre-trainings where they can come and they talk a little bit about what their process is. Um, you want to start beginning to learn a little bit about some trauma-informed care. Because like I said, sometimes these kids can come with some challenges and they, they have had a, a life before that you're going to be adopting. Um, online resources, and the biggest thing though, and I always talk to families, talk to other adoptive families. That's where you're going to get your information. That's where you're going to get your true stories um, that's going to really help you decide it. And maybe ask, how did you make those decisions? So I think these are a lot, that's a lot of great information as Director Missy indicated. And these are tools that our mm -hmm. staff can take out there when they're getting questioned from individuals as well about here's some things you need to think about and maybe even help connect them with some individuals they know out there that they've worked with previously. Right. Um, what are some of the adoption um, websites or online resources that might be available to our staff but also to um, pre-adoptive families? We actually, we have an amazing adoption website, the Missouri Adoption Art Gallery. And not only does it have children profiles in there where you can look at it, it has a lot of information. Where there's also Raise the Future website where that will take it a little farther where yes they have the children profiles but they also have a lot of resources they have a lot of webinars that they can listen to or attend and then there's also the adopt us kids and i encourage all of the families to actually register with those sites because once you register with them, it really opens the door to a lot more of the trainings and the webinars, and it's all free. So I think, you know, definitely encourage families to register with those websites, um, with all three. Perfect. And so on these sites, um, I know that we um, have videos that we provide, photos, um, is there a process for staff to know about in order to get a child placed on one of those websites? Yes, and it's so easy. Um, all we need to do, one registration form that maybe takes five minutes to fill out, um, gets the child on not only Adopt Missouri Adoption Heart Gallery, but also Raise the Future and Adopt US Kids, and it also gets the kids on our DSS Facebook page as well as our DSS Twitter page. And so we, we really do try to make it as easy as possible. We can help get staff signed up and get them registered. Whenever there's a change, it's just a matter of sending a quick email to either myself or we have a staff member from Raise the Future that all she does is work with Missouri. And it's just, we very easy process. We, we know our staff work a lot and um, if we can make that process as easy as possible, we're trying to do that. Okay. So once a goal change, that child is ready um, to be featured, 
some court orders releasing mm -hmm. that, and then they just need to reach out to mm -hmm. you to get that registration in place. Right. right. And right. we have a couple places around the state where people have volunteered to do the video profiles. Um, St. Louis has a, a great one that we can hook up, and they're willing to do video pro profiles for anyone in the, in the state of Missouri. They just ask that you come towards the St. Louis area. But videos are great to really open up that child's personality, um, get to know what kind of a family that that child is looking for. So as many video profiles we do, the, the better. Perfect. So what are some of the benefits, do you think, for, for someone to adopt a child through the foster care system? Well, I actually think knowing some of the benefits from the other state, Missouri actually has one of the top benefits available. We really do. We provide monthly, in, uh, monthly maintenance payments until the end of the month of the child's 18th birthday. We provide Medicaid to the end of the month of the child's 18th birthday, as well as respite. We also provide child care to the end of the month of the child's 13th birthday if both parents are working. And we also pay for the one-time adoption legal expenses, paying for that adoption. And we, again, we do that for a long period of time. Um, we work with the families if maybe later on they need some other additional services. We work with the family and provide, I think, a great package for our subsidy families. So what, what supports are out there? I mean, what, what, do you, what do we do for people? Well, we have been very blessed with having three family resource centers in the state of Missouri. We have Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition. We have Central Missouri Foster Care and Adoption Association and Foster.Connect. And these centers actually connect with every county that we have. So and they all have different areas. Um, so if a family is living in Kansas City, they might be working with Foster.Connect, but if they move, then they can still work with a, 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 family, a family resource center, and then they would start working with Foster Adoptive Care Coalition. And all three of these centers provide basics, the same basic services. So they're not going to miss a beat. They're going to continue to be supported. Um, that's uh, the post-adoptions. Um, services that they have is amazing and you it's anybody that's adopted so even if somebody does a domestic uh, adoption or a private adoption they work with all um, foster homes adoptive homes kinship homes and so some of those services might include like respite type services right. night out for families those types right. of things um, behavioral interventions mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit more about that about behavioral interventions. Yes. Um, it's really important for kids to remain in the home. And there really was a time where a lot of families, they knew they needed help, but they didn't want the child to have to leave and the home to maybe go to a residential. And a lot of times the kids were maybe in and out of residential and they really didn't see progress. So uh, it was coordinated with Children's Division to provide some services, intensive in-home services, where behavioral interventionists would come into the home and work not only with the child, but with the family. And then they would still be in their own home setting. They were doing natural things. They were, you know, rather than in a 
residential facility and they really saw some successes because the child didn't feel left out the child didn't feel like the family just wanted to get rid of them they saw a family that really wanted to help them and I think that really helped and, and just the some of the services it's based upon <laughs> Bruce Perry thank you uh, and it really is very sick been very successful because you're working with the family it's not just the child's issue it's a family issue so those those services are going to remain available to every Correct. family so so you, you you adopt a child who's four now and 10 years from now they they're a different person they're 14 right, right? right. so so there are still going to be services available for yes. people when those when we meet challenges in those spaces yes what are some ways that people can support adoptive families um, if they themselves choose not to adopt? And that happens a lot where some families really want to help and they really like the idea of um, being able to help a child become a part of a family. And so some of the ways that they can help is maybe uh, tutor a, a child in need or maybe help provide respite care. Sometimes around the holidays, we a lot of our foster families or adoptive families might have some large families and Christmas time can be pretty stressful of how am I going to you know get Christmas presents for all these kids so we've had a lot of people do Christmas drives or they've provided um, gift cards to, to some of the families they've maybe you know maybe a placement uh, was just made and, and they can come over with a dinner a home-cooked dinner there's a lot of uh, things that happen when a child's placed in a home for the first time. Making a meal, donating items like laundry detergent, bedding, hygiene. School supplies is a big thing. Um, so, you know, maybe make a, a backpack drive. So there's a lot of things that families can do, and sometimes it's just a matter of asking that adoptive family, what do you need? What can I help you with? Do you need help transporting? And so families could, if you choose not to adopt, you could connect yourself with one of our family resource centers to yes. be able to provide some of those supports. They can then get directly to the families that are in need. Correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So November is uh, Adoption Month. Yes, right? it is. So, so what are some ways that, that, that our folks can uh, support uh, that month, I mean, letting people know and raising awareness during Adoption Month, what are some of the things we can do? Okay. One of the things I love about our staff in general, it's not just a, a time of month. I think our staff has always been so generous throughout the year to some of our families. But especially during um, Adoption Month, you know, sharing some positive stories with the families, um, connecting adoptive families to other adoptive families. If they are working with a, a, a family that's maybe waiting for a child to be placed with them, just giving them some positive affirmations of, you know, you're doing great, this is really what we need, Someone, a child's going to be really lucky to have you. Um, and the other thing is directing the families or individuals to these websites. Um, you know, especially in the, in the beginning, sometimes they will have special trainings during this month. Um, we, we have in, with Children's Division, staff that are always creating adoption t-shirts and November is a great time to start wearing those t-shirts around because, um, people will come up to you and, and ask you, you know, what's that mean or something? And it's just a really great leeway into conversations that you can have with people out in the public. 
um, just sending encouragement to some of the adoptive families that you know might be struggling a little bit um, and just really helping away, uh, um, raise awareness. This year we are celebrating our fifth annual Shine a Light for Adoption event on November 13th. And this is really just a time where we get our faith-based partners involved, churches, to where they can have an event. Um, they've done like candlelight vigils. They've done where they just get together and pray, where they'll get together and bring some adoptive families in to talk about their experience. Um, and it really is just, the goal is just to have a variety of people around the state of Missouri doing an event and just knowing that there's other people out there thinking about adoption. Um, and, you know, some people are like, well, maybe they don't want to go to an event. So we kind of created on the first, the, the second year, taking, you know, going to your porch, turning on the light at 630, taking a selfie, posting it on Facebook and using the hashtag, you know, AdoptMoKids or National Adoption Month or Shine a Light. Um, and so it's just your way of, of supporting adoption. And then we have on November 10th uh, for our staff, just wear purple. We have, or wear an adoption t-shirt. Um, and again, it's, you know, take a picture and send it to the communications department so we can post it on, on social media. Okay, so turn on those porch lights, mm -hmm. wear purple, get out there and talk to people about adopting. Definitely. Perfect. Because the need is great. Like, the need yeah, is mean, very great. I mean, do we, do we have any idea how many kids we've got waiting for adoption in our agency? We have about 1,500. Right. That's a lot of people. It is. Uh, who need a lot of people. So mm -hmm. it's very important that, uh, that, that we, we do what we can to, to let people know what the need is. And I think, you know, uh, talking to people in the community, when, when people know, uh, lots of folks step up. So thank you for your good work on this. Well, thank uh, you. And, and to everybody who's out there, uh, thank you for all of your advocacy for this and the amount that you talk about these things. I know you do. And uh, I, I think that uh, this awareness help, gives us the opportunity to, to emphasize it at a time when people can be thinking about it. So definitely. Vicki, thank you very much for all you do. Does anybody have anything else for the good of the cause in this podcast, anyone? Well, Terry, I'm sure you and I are not the only staff that ever adopted from right. our agency. I've actually know a lot. So we would love to hear other people's stories, especially during National Adoption Month. So if you are an adoptive parent or ad adoption has affected you in a wonderful way, please contact the communications department and ask to talk to Ashton, and she will be able to take your story and hopefully post it so we can continue to share with other people um, the wonderful experiences that we've had. 